Willy Wonka now shipping. Cosmic Carnival in production. Lots of smaller news items. Hi, my name is Jonathan Houston from Pinball Magazine, and I'm here with Martin Ebb from Pinball News. And we're here to discuss with you the uh, the news, the pinball industry news of June 2019. And it's been quite busy, um, but uh, no real big announcements. But lots of lots of progress, shall we say, for for various companies, yeah, um, big and small, uh, you know, from established and startups. Right. So, uh, well, lots of items to cover, um, but it's 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 good to see that everybody is um, well busy and productive. Yeah. Um, it's uh, there haven't actually been any new game announcements, I don't think. No. Uh, but. Um, or any any major new products, but um, everybody's basically progressing towards production and and shipping of their respective titles, and right. uh, there's been some further development as well, which we're going to cover in this special free bonus podcast. What's so bonus about it? It's bonus because without it, you wouldn't have it. Fair enough. Okay, <laughs> so um, I guess the biggest, the, the well, yeah. I'm not sure when it's the biggest, but it was uh, the first headline. Jersey Jack Pinball is has started shipping Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory standard edition games. Yes, that's right. Um, they're doing the standard edition games um, now. Um, the uh, what's coming next? The pre the um, I think the limited and then the, the collectors. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, because the collectors is the is the the highest end one, isn't it? Yes. So yes. So limited editions um, in, well, what will be this month now, in July, and collector's editions coming sometime after that, once they've, uh, in the in the early autumn or, or fall, depending on uh, what you call it. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's interesting because um, there was a, quite a bit of uncertainty whether Willy Wonka was on the line at Jersey Jack or not. Uh, obviously, it takes a little bit of time for the company to switch in between uh, games um, because they have to change the whole line um, so that every station um, has a sample of the product that they need in front of it so they, the, the people working there know what is it to be done at that station to the play field that's passing along and, uh, and all that kind of stuff so that takes a little bit of time so there were uh, conflicting uh, reports uh, some were saying yes, Willy Wonka's on the line, and then others were saying no, it's not. Um, but it must have been on the line, else they couldn't have been starting to ship games, which was, um, I guess, last week. Um, Jack posted um, a video which was a, a little bit similar to the one that he posted a couple of years ago outside on the. Um, mm-hmm. On, on the grass, uh, in, the, in the, the the lawn or whatever you call it, uh, in front of um, the the factory, um, I was a little bit surprised that he did not do a, a head roll this time. But he was happy. Yeah. He sure was happy that Willy Wonka's were shipping before uh, the summer. So, um, well, good for them that the game is finally shipping and um, starting uh, being. Uh, delivered obviously to uh, to customers and locations where people can play it. So 
um, so more people can form an opinion on the game. Yes, absolutely. And um, I think they are progressing towards, um, well, they are cutting the, the, the time difference between announcing the game and shipping it. It's not, not um, at the same time, not coincidental uh, with announcing and being available, but that was, what, three months, I suppose, from the game being announced or being revealed in March. Uh, so that's March, uh, April, no, May, April, June. No, it was, was April, actually. Was it? April. Yeah, it was oh, okay. April. Even better. Uh, well, yes, it would have been after Texas, wasn't it? When yeah, we were in, it was uh, in France and, and yeah. Midwest Gaming. Yeah. Yes. It was, uh, yeah. That was the second week of April that the game got um, shown for the first time. So that's a little over two months, I would say. Yeah, that's quite good. Definitely making progress, even better than, than I thought. Right. So... Uh, you should really raise your expectations on Jack. Come on, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, uh, nice, it's nice to out uh, outperform, yeah. isn't it? Uh, but there was other news uh, regarding Dirty Jack as well. Um, uh, speaking of uh, impressive things, um, uh, Jack visited uh, Germany, uh, to be precise, uh, Freddy's Pinball Paradise, Mm -hmm. um, for just a 24-hour visit. So Jack was, I think he was even less than 24 hours in Germany. He just, he, they, they flew him in, he attended the event, uh, he slept for a couple of hours, went back to the, uh, to the airport, and was back on a plane. And probably back in time to be at church. It was? Um, uh, for Sunday morning, so. Sorry, you were saying? Do you know what the... What I say, do you know what the event was? They actually flew over. Was it a, was it a Willy Wonka launch party, yes. or was it? It was. Yes. Okay. And, um, so and that was uh, quite well attended as well. So uh, good for them and uh, good for Jack to, um, uh, well, to to travel half the world for uh, for an event of a couple of hours. Um, yeah. And uh, what's also interesting, um, if you're um, a little bit into social media or not have been living under a rock. Apparently, the um, Kardashian family um, are very popular. And Courtney <laughs> Kardashian, who is, um, I, I guess, one of, uh, one of them, um, she shared a photo on her social media of her um, playing Wizard of Oz, the Yellow Brick Road edition. Um, and now understand that she has a following... On I think uh, on on Facebook it's like 15 million and 79 million followers on on Instagram who look at all these pictures and whatever she's posting there. So uh, that's a huge um, uh, plug for Jersey Jack, I would say. Uh, uh, even if uh, for those people seeing those fo that photo is like oh look oh nice she's playing pinball. Nice, and that was that. That's about it. Short attention span, and you know all that. But, but still, to have a game being um, put to the attention of um, well, roughly eighty million people, that's not bad. Yeah, it's good. Good for the company and good for pinball in general. One would think in uh, in boosting pinball's reach, yeah. you know, to the sort of people who, who wouldn't normally, or wouldn't necessarily, um, have any interaction with with the game. Yeah. So, and uh, in the uh, pinball magazine newsletter that I will be sending out tomorrow, um, I will be um, uh, including three observations by Gary Flower 
on that uh, particular photo, uh, things that I, um, well, I thought it was very um, interesting of him to notice. And um, so I figured I'd include, include those in the, um, in the newsletter that will go out tomorrow. So. Yes, I saw that, that photo and um, it was, I think, it was shared on Facebook by uh, a good friend of, of mine and I think of ours, of uh, Wukash from Poland, who quite often uh, will post um, interesting pictures of, pe- of people playing pinball, mostly women, in various, uh, various states of undress. And, um, and I, d- I just thought it was another... One of those, so to, to show how much I know that there was actually Courtney Kardashian, the uh, the famous um, internet influencer, who uh, I'd never well, heard of, but didn't, didn't know what she looked like. But now I do. Well, and, uh, in all fairness, I wouldn't be able to tell one Kardashian from the other. Uh, wouldn't be able to name them properly either. So, uh, yes, there are people still living on the rocks that have no clue what the Kardashians are or what they're about, but. Um, on the other side, I think I do have an interesting life of my own, so why bother with someone <laughs> else's? Okay, fair enough. Uh, that's enough uh, uh, of, of that kind of uh, social media interaction. Right. Um, let's get back to, to real pinball, rather than people pretending to play pinball, and um, move on to what's happening down in Florida with Suncoast Pinball. Yes. And there's been some, some news from them this month. Yes. Um, I must say uh, they are doing a very good job at uh, keeping people informed uh, through Facebook and possibly also other social media, but I noticed it mostly on Facebook. Uh, so they're, they're uh, posting videos or, or small updates and so on. And the good news is that um, not only did they start production, but they even shipped out their first game to uh, its customer or whoever is getting I'm assuming it's a customer but um, so that that's uh, um, good news for them and uh, it will be interesting to see how uh, how big this production will end up being um, I think uh, they are planning to build 250 games but I have no clue whether they actually sold 250 games they're still pushing very hard for people to uh, to make a purchase, so that tells me that they haven't sold all 250 yet. Yeah, they they um, haven't. Well, as you say, they've been very good at promoting it on online, but um, I think that people would want to get their hands on a finished game and and try it before committing to buying it. So certainly these days, after having uh, people being caught out in various ways with uh, purchasing blind or pre-ordering games. I think there's a lot more wariness in the market now. Um, so, yeah, I think that once once the game starts appearing at shows in uh, towards the uh, the autumn, and, uh, I think people will be um, in a better position to make a decision whether it's for them or not. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, if you're uh, in... Obviously, I, I do have to say the game looks very good, uh, mostly because of the artwork by Dirty Donny. Um yeah, I think Donnie did a great deal, a uh, great job with that. Um, it uh, sort of really gives a, a, a feel to the game, which would probably have been lacking otherwise, because yeah. it's it's not immediately obvious, I guess, from the title what the game's about, but you can pick up a lot of it from the from a mixture of the, the artwork on the game and cabinet and the uh, promotional videos, which uh, Suncoast have been putting out. 
Yeah, so in one of those they uh, um, sort of explained uh, some of the modes in the game. Um, all in all, I'd say it um, appeals to me to be not as complex as some of the, the games that we've seen lately, but it's more like a throwback towards like the, the early 90s, I would say, in terms of... Uh, 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 rules, so you you don't have to finish uh, 37 modes before you get to a wizard mode and all that kind of stuff. It's it's less complex than that, so that's yeah possibly that a good was, sign. That was the impression I got, and uh, oh, it sort of follows a trend that we've been seeing, I think, isn't it? With, well, with, we predicted um, that actually for this year. Well, yeah. Well, we'd hoped for it. Oh yeah, no. um, <laughs> certainly. And sometimes wishes do come true, I guess. But uh, yeah, we were certainly. Um, not bemoaning, but suggesting that simpler or more slightly more easier to understand games yeah. um, might be the way to go in order to bring people back into into pinball who got uh, pretty much overwhelmed by, as you say, you know, the thirty-seven modes that you have to play all of them before you can get to the next level. Right. Uh, so um, it will be interesting to see the uh, the integration with the video screen and uh, the music and the callouts and everything, because obviously this is an original theme. Uh, so we have no idea what the characters will uh, sound like and how they um, interact with the player and with gameplay and all that kind of stuff. Um, and um, although it's possibly not the most important part of a game design, it certainly is important as if it's not appealing to people, uh, then it's just going to hurt sales. And I guess we're now in a... Uh, a pinball climate, pinball industry climate, if you wish, um, where basically, if people don't like your game, um, they're not going to do a, uh, they're gonna, not going to buy it uh, out of pity for you because they want you to sell your game. No, um, you make a game that they want to buy, and if they don't like it, they don't buy it. Yeah, there are enough other choices out there that nobody, nobody, I think, needs to feel pressured into buying any particular game for fear of missing out or not being able to buy something uh, with with the money that's burning a hole in their pocket. Right. There's always something out there to get, and uh, which made me, I was actually pondering that actually earlier today. I was thinking about you know we don't seem to be ever losing any machines. Now, apart from a few disasters here and there, um, most of the time, um, all the pinballs that have been made, certainly recently, uh, are still around. And all that's happening is we're adding more and more with every new release that comes out. So does that mean that people's collections are getting bigger? Does that mean that more people are getting into the, the business and the hobby? Or is there a, a glut of machines uh, sort of lying around somewhere that, that people you know, aren't buying? Because um, if Stern are making, I don't know, um, let's pick a number out of the air because we don't have any real any real figures. Uh, let's say they're making 6,000 machines a year. Where are they all going? Or what's happening to the games that they're replacing? Uh, I'm, the prices don't seem to be coming down with there being, being um, a, a huge number of machines that are going unsold. So there must be a, a big demand for all these. But where? Well, uh, to a certain degree, these games go to um, uh, barcades and that kind of locations um, and a lot of uh, home collectors. And obviously, um, 
it will be inter- it would be interesting to see how long a game lasts in someone's collection because obviously um, some games last for less than two weeks and then people are sick of it and and sell it. Uh, or put it up for sale, mm. and other games are keepers that people don't want to part with. So sure, but if, if they sell it, it, where does it go? Probably it go to, to another collector. Right. So they're increasing their their collection size, or are they are they bumping another machine out of their collection, um, and where does that go? So effectively, you know, we okay. seem to keep pumping more and more uh, machines into the market from from multiple manufacturers now. Um, but uh, is the market really expanding that much? Yeah. Well, that's uh, first of all, let's hope so. Yeah, um, it'd be great if it's great if it is. Yeah. The problem I think right now with the market is is that most games are being sold to collectors. I think the uh, the, the operator market has been um, sort of interested in pinball, I would say, but. Um, it's not the operators that were operating pinballs uh, thirty years ago. No, it's um, it's gone from an from an arcade culture, I think, very much to a to a bar and barcade type um, um, use of, of machines, right? Uh, as as well as um, a few sort of uh, specialist large scale clubs and uh, family entertainment centres. It's it's it's, um, it's certainly not. A sort of uh, you know street level arcade with uh, you know, a bunch of video games and and uh, half a dozen pinballs anymore. Right. Well, it's very interesting to see that, um, as far as I know, at least. Um, obviously, with uh, yes, there are the, there's the barcades with that have uh, dozens and dozens of of pinballs for people to go there. The, the specialist. Uh, the, the, specialized barcades I would say but if you look like locations like Chuck E. Cheese or Dave and Buster's I don't think they're into pinball yet um, at all while if these locations would be actually getting back into pinball I would say then that would definitely help the market uh, quite a bit I would say yeah without wishing to get too much off track. I think those loca- those type of locations are all into redemption games, aren't they? Really, yeah. uh, no you know, kids winning tickets, and uh, and all the pinballs tried that a few times. I don't think it's ever really got much much traction. And, well, that's um, poss- possibly that has to do with uh, the games being designed to be a pinball machine, not a redemption game. I think if you would actually design a pinball redemption game for that market, it could actually be successful. But so far, nobody's ever tried that. Well, Williams did with Ticket Tac Toe, I suppose. True. You could, you could Which say is actually that's a one. rather fun game to play, I have to say. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm not sure it was very successful, though. No, I think they made less than 100. Mm. So, from the uh, top of my head. So don't quote me on that, but I might be wrong, but that's the figure that I sort of remember. So. Anyway, we, we diverged a little there. Yeah. Um, from, from the point where we were talking about. Um, are we, are we still on Suncoast? I've forgotten by now. <laughs> yeah, well, Suncoast and where all these games are going. That's how we yeah. digress. So, anyways, yeah, the market um, for, yes, more right. games uh, uh, being manufactured. And um, moving on, one of the mm. games that uh, got confirmed again um, was the third Elvira uh, game, which is scheduled to be uh, out in the open, I would say, in October of this year. 
yeah, I think the intention is uh, to, for it to be in people's homes or on the street by Halloween. That's yeah. the intention, by the, um, so by the end of October. Yeah, uh, Cassandra Peterson, Elvira, uh, confirmed on her own uh, website, I think it was, that her third pinball game will be available by October. Personally, I was thinking October is a little late. It should really be September because you never know what happens and if they're really if there's just like two weeks to start shipping games to distributors and they have to get them to people's homes before Halloween um, not sure whether that's that's a very big uh, time window I would say mm, so that um, well, it's, it's interesting where it sits in the in the release schedule for, for Stern um, because um, they normally have a, a new game released at the beginning of January, um, which they can then show at uh, Comic-Con or uh, the trade show in Europe, uh, trade shows in Europe. And so if they're doing one in October, does that mean they're going to have anything between, or probably announce it in, in October um, uh, for shipping? People are expecting... A new Stern game to be announced, well, pro probably any day now, um, where the rumor has it that uh, Keith Elwin's next mm -hmm. game would be the one coming out, but there's also rumors uh, saying that it will be somebody else's game. And interestingly, Gary Stern uh, did an interview with Head to Head Pinball, uh, where he announced that they are also working on a um, uh, what do you call it? A branded game. Um, yeah, license. Yeah, uh, no, no, not license. It's a yeah contract game. Contract game uh, for a very big um, brand, so to speak, um, which is coming out at some point as well. Uh, interestingly, he also mentioned that they are working with. They only have two designs for those games, which would basically be the Bonelli design or the uh, uh, Spider-Man Home Edition design. Um, yeah. which uh, so they will be either receiving well one of these two and um, personally I don't understand why uh, limits that uh, just to these two games I mean they could pick any design um, that, that they did you know I mean if you're talking about a reseme then you have to address the code anyway so why not take I don't know uh, World Poker Tour or something older. Yeah, true. But um, I suppose it's it's easier to work with a known, a limited number of um, games that you can do one you know, one one old one retro style game, one one modern style game. Right. And um, and of course the advantage of, of both those games is that they don't have to spend a huge amount of, of time developing video assets for them. Because right. obviously Wonelli doesn't have any, and Spider-Man has an, an, uh, a smaller size uh, color LED display. Assuming they, they stick well, with that. But the, on the um, um, Supreme game, they replaced that actually with a dot matrix. So they had to do all the animations for the, for a dot matrix. Yeah, but that's a, we know that's a lot simpler than, than trying to do it for, a, for an LCD screen, like a more modern um, title would, would be if they, if they chose to retheme, you know, Deadpool or anything like that. Right. Okay. Well, fair enough. Um, so... I've also I've also heard that they they are working on a on a home game, uh, 
um, trying trying again to bring out you know a version use of the word again, but. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's not for the first time, is it? With the the pin, uh, which they they've tried in in a couple of ver- uh, variations before. Yeah, and, and then the Spider-Man home game that we just mentioned, which was also yeah. very unsuccessful. Yeah, yeah, um, and I don't know what what they've changed and what they think will uh, will appeal to the the retail market, and which they can they can sell it at a more reasonable price maybe um, while still not undermining their, their core sales to collectors. I still have a hard time believing that people who are interested in buying a pinball machine would be um, buying the toy version of a pinball machine I mean uh, let's say Stern would, would be able to hit the market with a, a home style pinball for uh, $4,000 um, if you're going to spend $4,000 on a pinball machine, then you might as well just get a real pinball machine. Why would you well, get a toy? Well, absolutely, unless, of course, what they were producing was something, was a title or a theme which wasn't available as a full-size game. So if you really, really wanted, let's pick a title that we or a theme we mentioned before, the Kardashians pinball uh, for your for your home. Um, and it and it wasn't available as a uh, as a as an operator or a limit or um, premium or LE model. Then maybe the home edition was the only way you could do that, which which might appeal. Well, but even then, you know, four thousand uh, as a price point that you mentioned um, seems pretty high, and uh, it would need to be quite fully featured, really, to uh, to. Well, in fact, I don't think four thousand is a is a practical price point for a, for a uh, sort of uh, box shifter type product that you're going to going to find in uh, you know, Costco or Best Buy or anywhere like that. So I think it needs to be cheaper. But I think uh, with the pin previously, the um, um, the argument why it was redesigned was because Amazon must be able to ship it. So that's that's what we're keeping in uh, what designers are basically working with right now. The structure is like, okay, it has to be this size and that weight because else Amazon won't ship it. Right, and Amazon is the only company that... No, but it's probably, want to work probably one of the, the, the bigger outlets where people might be um, inclined or, or uh, persuaded to, to buy such a, uh, such a game. Yeah, um, although the problem there always is, is you're buying sight unseen because you can't go to an Amazon store and try it. True. So you you end up with well, you end up with, with two issues. One, you get a lot of returns because they're not what people were expecting. Well, that's based nothing on new with home games, but <laughs> no. But um, with, with as a as a company, Stern don't really deal with that many. Um, returns on on their uh, this, if there's something wrong on their games, they'll try and fix it in uh, by sending people out replacement parts or um, some kind of compensation, you know, like a, a spare playfield or something like that, right. which is obviously isn't something they can do to to an Amazon sale. And also, they haven't got in place much in the way of a, a sort of um, customer care centre for dealing with with problems with the games. 
Um, so um, that's something they need to set up and deal with. And I'm sure that's why uh, the, the price of, of dealing with this stuff is, uh, is a lot more than you would think or, or the cost of selling it. It's a lot right. more than you think it would be um, compared to selling something to the to an operator trade, um, where the operator is a lot more um, accepting of uh, of any potential issues and um, don't want to send games back. Right. So um, I'm still surprised that Stern is trying to tap into that home market because traditionally that market um, for those home type of games, I would say, has it basically doesn't exist. Uh, yes, there are collectors who are buying games for their home, but those are pinball enthusiasts. They don't want to buy a toy. They want to buy the real game, and that's what they are doing right now, up to the point where they're paying like up to, to $10,000 for a limited edition or what have you. Um, so um, it might be a bit harsh of me to say, but I'd rather would see that Stern would actually use the the, the 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 time and money spent on the development of such a home product and actually start looking into how to get more games on location um, which would actually reach more people than those home games ever will I think, I think they're trying to as you said create a market that doesn't exist at the moment which uh, is, is the ideal situation for them if as long as they don't undermine their existing sales uh, if they can bring out a product which uh, which people who would never even consider buying a, a pinball would buy, then that's a, that's an easy win for them. So um, I think it's definitely worth their while trying for it. But they haven't they haven't uh, achieved it yet, and uh, be, it will be interesting to see what what they've changed to make uh, make them think that they can, they are onto a winner this time. Right. Okay. Well, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Um, but it's interesting because there's several rumors going around of, of uh, designers working on what games and, and now home games as well. So it will be interesting to see who's actually turns out to be working on what game and rumor title and so on. So Yeah, so we were talking about uh, sales to distributors and operators and um, Gary Stern and Doug Score um, have been uh, been busy. Trying to, to expand um, and maintain Stern's markets. Is, is, is that right? Yes, uh, mainly overseas. Um, they've been touring Europe, and unlike Jack that we just mentioned, um, they actually spent quite some time uh, in Europe. I think uh, Doc was there for at least a week. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, but don't pin me to it, I think Gary even moved, uh, uh, flew along. And uh, went to Asia after that to uh, to meet with some um, uh, people that he's working with over there. So okay. uh, so they were uh, out of the country for some time working on uh, business relations and so on. Let's call it that. So mm -hmm. yeah. and in the meantime, um, Stern. Uh, speaking of productions. Um, you remember that last month we talked about how Stern announced the uh, Catwoman Signature Edition um, of Absolutely. Batman 66. Yes, well, so uh, following that announcement, Stern um, announced a last call for Batman 66 as being the current production run, apparently being the final production run. So if you're in, uh, in the market for a Batman 66, then now would be the time to get one or get one later secondhand 
on the second hand market or uh, what have you. And this is for the new model as well, is it the uh, the Catwoman edition? Yes. So so I sort of get the idea that they're basically cleaning out um, the um, the stock room. <laughs> like, okay, uh, how much have we do we have left uh, for for Batman sixty six? How many games can we make? Okay, let's do a last call, see how many we can sell, and uh, uh, and then we're done. It could also have to do with the license uh, expiring. Because usually those licenses are for three to five year uh, deals. I think um, could be very reasonable to. Uh, well, I think the three years term yeah. would be up right now, so that would make perfect sense. And if it's not a hard selling title for Stern, then there's no need to renew that license for now. No, no. I'm sure they can do it later if they think there's demand there. Right, as they as they have in the past with with other licenses. Yeah, and uh, personally, I'm. Um, well, let's. I take the last call. If Stern mm-hmm. is announcing a last call for a production run, I take that with a grain of salt. I mean, uh, we've seen a last call type of situation for Metallica as well, yeah. and they they kept on making those games anyway, based on on uh, whether there was demand or not. So. Um, so we just have to wait and see whether this last call actually was the last call. Right. Okay. Well, that's Batman 66, but uh, their, um, their current title is uh, still Black Knight, um, Sword of Rage. Yeah. And there's been some, some changes in that this month yes. with um, some new code. For, for the, the... Uh, yeah, new code for the limited and premium edition of the game. So the ones with the upper playfield. Yes. And uh, they also uh, announced a physical enhancement for those uh, two models, uh, which have to do with the upper playfield. So it is not applicable to the uh, uh, the pro model. Mm -hmm. And um, Jack Danger did a stream uh, where the new code was revealed as well as the... um, uh, the physical enhancements were uh, shown and uh, explained. Um, aside from a few plastic protectors uh, that will prevent plastics from breaking, um, that physical enhancement seems to be mostly a um, um, a post that is yep. uh, placed upon the um, upper playfield, if I'm not mistaken. Um, causing if the ball is rolling down on the, at the uh, on, on on the bottom end of the uh, upper playfield, I would say, uh, usually it would be rolling down uh, a black rubber and then uh, go, go straight out, go straight yeah. out okay. and on, onto uh, the yes. onto the ramp, yeah, right. And this new post creates a little bump for the ball. Um, which makes it bounce on the rubber, and then you might actually be able to catch it back on the uh, on the on the flipper on the right, and uh, and flip it back up the playfield. Yeah, so it's a little more like the the action you would get on the Black Knight 2000 upper playfield, where it would have the, the three lanes at the bottom with rubbers on, and if you bounced it right, you could you could hit one of those or more, and get it back onto the side flipper to start doing the the orbit shots or the or the lock shots. Yes. Again. Although there's not a, not a huge amount to shoot for on the upper playfield, even if you do get the ball back to the uh, the upper flipper, yeah. Other other than lock, I suppose. 
Right. So um, yeah, and it's a pity that uh, well, you mentioned the uh, the Black Knight 2000 upper playfield that has the three lanes at the bottom. Um, it would have been nice uh, if the the, uh, the 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 upper playfield would have uh, four lanes at the bottom now, spelling uh, rage, which would be very appropriate with the theme. But it hasn't, so no point in in, in, <laughs> in going that far. But uh, at least there would have been something more to do um, at the upper playfield than just locking balls and and going for uh, uh, that multi ball. So. Right, but but now there's a little more action up there at least. And uh, in order to get this modification, this uh, free physical enhancement, as you called it. Um, what do people do? They uh, contact Stone, contact the distributor, contact the reseller. It's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess there'll be some information on the Stone website about it fairly soon. Yeah. If not now. Um, I don't see Stern dealing with uh, end users um, directly. So my guess is that people who bought a game will be should be contacting their distributor, and their, the distributor will be in contact with Stern. Um, so something like that. And it could even be that people contact their distributor, uh, they take their name and address, and then it could be shipped straight from Stern to them because it's it's uh, it's. it's probably rather cheap to uh, to ship it's just a couple of plastics and uh, a, a post and a couple of screws maybe uh, no need to drill anything in uh, in the playfield it's all using existing uh, holes on the playfield and and what have you so okay um, oh well um I'm, I'm sure they figured that out um and um, it is interesting to see that Stern is actually doing such an enhancement because I can't recall Stern doing such a uh, sending out something that actually but, physically changes the game. Uh, that that doesn't happen very often, if ever. Yeah, I think I do remember Stern sending out something like uh, like ramp protectors or something like that, where they had um, particular issues. And um, and I know that Steve Ritchie's been talking about. Um, means of or, or ways to to modify your game slightly in order to make the ramp shot smoother by um, making sure the screws are fully screwed down on the ramp flap so that there's no bounce as, as it uh, goes up the ramp which can kill the speed of the ball but there have been a, been a couple of occasions I think where modifications have been made there but uh, yeah nothing quite of this uh, this um, style of, of change to the game uh, to add a little little more action to it, right? Uh, which uh, obviously is a result in, as a result of of uh, player f- and uh, owner feedback. You think so? Yeah. So, oh well. Um, moving on. Um, still sticking with uh, Black Knight. This is a fresh off the press, I would say. Um, this weekend at Pintastic, Steve Ritchie um, did a seminar. And apparently he announced that um, there will be a uh, vinyl release for the uh, Black Knight Sword of Rage soundtrack. Hmm. Uh, which okay. makes me wonder how do people get it, because it's not part of the, uh, originally announced as part of the uh, uh, limited edition uh, of the game or something like that. So if Stern is now re- putting out records just because they can, because they own certain type of music, then... Uh, that's great, but where are you buying it? Well, I guess you can you can buy it from the uh, you know along with regular swag from the from the Stern store. 
right. and through through distributors again. If you that's uh, yeah, that's a viable route might for bring you it to uh, to shows as well, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be available in in multiple places. Um, just the same way that you could buy the uh, you know the the TNA um, cassette and uh, and soundtrack. Right. So, um, but oh well, uh, good for Stern. Uh, that will be their second album uh, on vinyl that will uh, uh, see a release. I would say. Um, mm. Could be interesting to see what else um, uh, might be coming up. I'm also curious whether the music will be available on Spotify then. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you, you mentioned earlier about uh, Jack Danger streaming the latest um, change to Black Knight. Right. Uh, but he's also had a, a happy event in this past month. Yes. Jack became a daddy again. Okay, congratulations to to Jack. And and, uh, uh, and his uh, wife, I guess, or girlfriend, yeah, but I guess he's married, yes. Um, mm-hmm. So they had a baby girl named Frances. Yeah, so uh, good news there, and uh, everything going well with, with them, apparently. Yeah, so, uh, well, congratulations, and we're wishing Jack uh, some sleep during <laughs> the night, uh, which usually for young parents isn't that common as for other people without small children uh, usually is so um, so congratulations and um, um, yeah moving on okay. to yeah um, other news yeah can we um, are we just mentioning about uh, TNA uh, so it might might have something that would, that would tie in neatly with that 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 game which had a a, uh, a a very popular software addition to give it a cooperative mode between players where they can team up to try and reach the uh, the ultimate target of that game, uh, destroying Reactor 9. Um, that mode has become popular enough that it's now um, spread to one of their other titles. Yes, it's now also available in a, the latest software update for Alice Cooper Nightmare Castle. Um, and that's not all the TNA news there is, because um, Scott Denisi showed a, um, a TNA playfield that has um, green plastic protectors that actually light up uh, due to the uh, LEDs uh, underneath, uh, which um, looks uh, rather radioactive. And um, at Pimble Life, they thought it was so cool that they are now having these uh, plastic protectors, uh, these green plastic protectors, I would say, um, in stock. So if you'd like to enhance your TNA game with the, these uh, green plastic protectors, um, now you can. Although personally, I was wondering whether orange or pink would, not, or maybe even yellow, would fit the color scheme of the of the playfield mm-hmm. better, because there's hardly any green in the playfield. But oh well. Yeah, well, maybe that gives a, a a nuclear glow to it then. That uh, that the game didn't, was uh, well, it helps enhance the appeal of the game. Right. So that that's good news for uh, for Spooky and uh, and for TNA owners. Right. And in the meantime, Scott is still working on uh, what is being referred to as Haunted House Party, uh, mm-hmm. which is. Well, probably. Well, I, I think everybody knows that's not going to be the the, the name of the game, but it's the, more like the working title. 
and um, oh, we'll see that, that game is scheduled to be following after um, uh, Alice Cooper Nightmare Castle and um, so I guess that's probably going to be around about early next year then yeah something like that because I figured that Spooky would be busy building um, Alice Cooper Nightmare Castle until the end of the year yeah you'd think, you'd think so yeah, yeah. I think uh, well they have a limited Production was it three hundred or five hundred? Uh, good question. I'd have to come back to you on that. Okay. So, well, anyway, they have a limited edition, uh, limited run of Alice Cooper. I think it was five hundred, and um, um, so they, they they basically have to build these five hundred games first. And um, um, for a company like Spooky, I'd say it's still pretty impressive if they manage to build them all within uh, before the end of the year. So, and they probably, but they probably want to um, release details of their next title before they start building it. So um, you might might hear something about that towards you know, late fall, maybe Expo, yeah, or uh, yeah, or soon after. Right. So um, okay, moving on to um, American Pinball. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, they've been producing more code for yes. their their current title, um, Octoberfest. Octoberfest. Yeah, uh, Pinball on Tap, to give it its full name. Um, so they brought out a new version of that. Um, I don't know exactly what it adds to the game, or whether it's uh, more a, a, a sort of a bug fix and uh, and st- a stability enhancing version. Um, well, th- there was definitely a need for that, and uh, so hopefully it does that. And uh, but I have no further details either. Didn't. No. Um, uh, I, I look guess... into that also because um, no October Fest games um, in my area to play for now. Um, no, I don't know of any uh, in the UK either. So um, yeah, um, but the uh, American, American... Distributors still have to discover American Pinball as a brand. Yeah, well, they're helping to to uh, push their name a bit. They had an open house. At their uh, their factory um, on the twenty second of June, yeah, which, um, was, uh, a week ago, yeah, which uh, uh, according to uh, Deval was uh, was a big success for the company, so they were very happy with the way that went, and um, I don't know whether they're planning to do any more, um, but um, or whether even you know there was talk about doing some kind of factory tour uh, in association with Pinball Expo in October, but um, they will have uh, probably not been set up in their new factory long enough to be, to work out how they're going to do that with the sort of numbers that would come from a Pinball Expo tour. They are still moving into their uh, their new building. Yeah. Uh, some updates on that, yeah. Yeah, they've been, uh, been busy sort of finishing it off. Um, I saw some nice pictures of a, of a large, uh, what is it, 35,000 square feet factory Right, um, which they plan to have three production lines. Um, they've uh, they just very that, ambitious, by the way, but good for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Well, if they think they can uh, they can use them, then uh, then why not? I hope and, there is enough demand for that. But well, either from their their own games or making contract games, perhaps. And um, yeah, so they did say they were going to be there by the summer, and uh, it looks like they're well on their way to. Uh, probably going to be late summer now, but before they move in there, 
but uh, yeah, it looks like um, in, in, a, in a month or a couple of months' time, that's uh, where they'll be uh, producing Oktoberfest games and the next title. Yeah, um, which is rumored to be Sherlock Holmes, but uh, there were a couple of other titles also circulating. Although, but but Sherlock Holmes was the one that people got most excited about. So. So who knows? And uh, apparently they have been. Um, they they currently have two games in development. So game three and four, um, and we'll just have to uh, to wait and see whenever they are um, ready to take these into uh, production. Yeah, I guess that'll be uh, dependent on sales of. Uh... Who, um, uh, Oktoberfest and, well uh, that and also on whether the game is ready to go because obviously if it's not ready then you can have three production lines but um, then if the game is not ready to go then you, you still have to, to, to have people waiting before they can start building the games yeah and people won't be waiting until they start promoting the game um, the, the next title so they'll, uh, they'll have to get out there um, no, they don't waste much time between between titles. I think what uh, um, thinking about is probably about six six to nine months between uh, release and, um, the announcement of, of their different titles. So uh, Oktoberfest was was announced officially, well, the title was announced in Vancouver, but the game was revealed in October uh, last year at Expo. Mm-hmm. So uh, we can probably expect something to be uh, game three to be announced at least fairly soon um yeah i guess so and um on the other end i hope that they are uh, busy enough building oktoberfest that they uh, can uh, wait a little bit longer obviously houdini was their first game and um you might hope that the second game gets a bigger production run and yada 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 so oh well we'll see so um Moving on to, um, well, let's do Haggis Pinball first. Mm, yes. So the Australian company who, uh, who are producing not just not one, but two titles. Um, although yes. um, not entirely sure what order that they're going to be releasing them. Right. But uh, it appears that most of the attention recently has been going to the game called Celts. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, um, we- Interestingly, um, uh, they published a video in which they announced uh, that the release of uh, Celts will take place on uh, August uh, 16th at uh, BPEC during the uh, Brisbane Masters, which is a uh, Australian pinball event. Um, not sure uh, whether it's a one-day event or I think it's even longer. Not not sure. Um, but if you're in Australia, you probably following that far more uh, with far more interest than I am <laughs> um, and um, interestingly Haggis Pinball also announced that they are renting a 20 foot container to ship hopefully 10 to 11 uh, pinball games to Pinball Expo in October now that seems pretty ambitious also because in a 20 foot container I think you can fit more than 10 to 11 games yeah. Um, yes, Celts does seem to be the, the the title which they're they're going with first, and that was that was the one that they showed at Texas, I think. Yeah. But at that, at that stage, it was in very early um, development, wasn't it? 
it wasn't. There was, yeah, it wasn't really as much of a much game. Much as I appreciated that they were showing that off, um, there wasn't much to show off. Mm. Yeah, there was more a concept at that at that point. But um, if they they've been working on it and think they're going to have some production games or at least sample games to take to Expo, then uh, there's been a lot of work going on behind the scenes that uh, they they haven't been um, sort of shouting about. Right. So, uh, well, Expo is a couple of months away, uh, four, five, four months away. Um, I'd say that's still pretty ambitious mm. based on, yeah. on how far they appear to be at the moment. Yeah, certainly the, on the website, there's very little indication um, of any progress. Um, there's some videos, of course, because they're very good at making do videos uh, documenting their, what they have been doing. Right. But... But nothing in there that I can see that uh, indicates the game is is um, in any state to go into production. But yeah, okay. Who knows? Yeah, um, they also announced that their game will um, or games will have internet connectivity, so they can update themselves with the latest code and share scores, uh, online scoreboards, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, they still have to figure out what to do exactly with it, but the games will be able to to do all that. Yeah, internet connectivity seems to be something which um, no manufacturer has really got a grip on a grip on yet. Um, there's a lot of potential there, you know, for as you say, software updates online, but also remote diagnostics and um, and um, I suppose online scoreboards and that kind of thing. Yeah, which um, I think you know, to credit where it's due, I think it's something which Dutch Pinball um, were quite at the forefront of. Right. Uh, before their, their troubles. Um, but certainly with things like the Bride of Pinbot kit and um and uh, I don't, don't know whether there um uh, anything in the Big Lebowski was was online as far as scoreboards go. Uh, can you can you remember that? Mm, no. No, I don't think it was well, it wasn't in there at at that stage. But um, yeah, it's 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 something which is sort of fairly obvious and ubiquitous in in other systems. But no people companies have really yeah. exploited it to its yeah. full potential yet. Which uh, reminds me that uh, Gary Stern, in the same interview with Head to Head Pinball that I mentioned earlier, uh, mentioned that their games will have internet connectivity in the future as well, and um, they're, they're they're looking into that. So. Okay, we'll just have to wait and see. And uh, uh, from what I understand, um, the most easy way for those games to have internet connectivity would be uh, uh, to um, have uh, access to the Wi-Fi of the location where they are being um, operated. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, it's 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 not rocket science, and it's something which you know, you know, every device that we, every phone and uh, tablet and everything we have, and PC, all all does it. It's not difficult for pinball to do it, but what's difficult is to is to provide a uh, a secure and reliable system that uh, that uh, actually enhances um, people's experience with the pinball and doesn't make it more of a, a security headache. From being hacked or uh, messed around with, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, then uh, anybody, then you know, the same sort of problems that you have with with phones and yeah. and, and I computers. Think, I think the company that has uh, internet connectivity down the best at the moment would be uh, Multimorphic with their um, 
cosmic kart racing game because those four games also are playing against each other over the internet they are indeed yeah yeah, yeah and they do have a internet scoreboard and stuff but uh, but even so there's a, there's a lot of potential there that uh, hasn't been hasn't been exploited yet but it's uh, it gives people uh, a chance to have a competitive advantage if they can uh, they can bring it to market soon sure yeah so uh, and and use it properly that's also the thing it's not so much being the first as being the first to do it right yeah yeah quite right right so um well we're almost at the end of uh of of our uh news i would say uh there's still a a few uh bits and pieces um left to uh uh, to mention the first that i want to address is um something quite interesting uh, i think um marco specialties have launched Marco TV, uh, in which reporter Imoto Harney is uh, talking to all sorts of people from the pinball industry at various uh, pinball shows. Um, she was, as you might recall, uh, recording interviews with people at the Texas Pinball Festival. And um, the first of these interviews have been uh, put online. Uh, now they have been edited um and uh, are available on uh, on YouTube um and I've been um honored to be one of the uh, special guests to be have been interviewed on um Marco TV by Imoto Harney um which resulted in a 15 minute um episode which um they allowed me to talk about uh, the award winning pinball magazine number 5 and I also discussed uh, working on Pinball Magazine number six and um, a couple of other things. Uh, I think it was a really nice video. Uh, compliments to uh, Marco TV and Imono Harney for uh, for making uh, this interview, but also all the other interviews. Uh, they did one with John Borg and uh, uh, a couple of other people from Stern. Uh, so I really recommend if you uh, like some some background info on on the pinball industry. Um, Check out Marco TV on uh, on YouTube or uh, social media, and uh, um, you might actually quite enjoy that. So, mm, okay, well, congratulations on that. And um, in, I suppose, our other small snippet of news relates to what's Hold been on. going on. Hold oh, on. Oh, oh, is that you? Is yeah. That me? Um, hang on. I got a phone ringing here. Oh, hang on. And. Uh. No, that's me. Yeah, it's me. Oh. Um, based on the ringtone, I'd say it's Gary. Hey, Gary Stern at last. We were just talking. You must have heard no, what we were saying no. about it. Sorry to disappoint you. I'm afraid this is not Gary Stern calling. Oh. Uh, this is a Gary Flower calling. Oh, okay. Oh, well, almost good. Well, almost. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Gary's got some exciting news to share with us. Um, he okay, always well, has. We, as, as regular listeners of the show might know, we have had some difficulty in the past getting Gary on the show. But um, let's get him on and yeah, let's see what he has to say. More time. Okay, yeah, so... He hangs up. Yeah. Hello, Gary. Can you hear me? I'm on a train at the moment and we're about right. going to a town. Uh, what? And that was it. He's gone. Oh. Oh, we're almost at the end of the show. Oh. I wonder how long it's going to be. Uh, who's calling me from a train in the first place? Oh, well, I mean, honestly, you would think he would know. Oh, well. 
Oh, well, I'm, sorry about I'm, this for the inconvenience. Um, I'm sure by this time next month he'll have emerged from his tunnel and, uh, and we'll be able to uh, update us on, uh, on some other exciting industry news right. uh, you won't hear anywhere else or indeed probably here either. Right. <laughs> so um, I got two more uh, uh, news items um, sort of on my uh, on my list. Um, OK, hit me. Um, FPA 16 is uh, the uh, the World Pinball Championships that are held every uh, every year. Um, biannually, they change in between America and uh, Europe, and this was a European edition um, where the championship was held in Italy, and we had a rather exciting final, I would have to say. Yeah, we certainly did. It was uh, all. It was it was very very difficult to uh, to. To separate the two finalists, who were Daniele Acciari and uh, Yo- Johannes, Johannes Ostermeyer. <laughs> wanted to get his name right, and uh, I'm glad you came to my rescue at that point. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, uh, it was so close that they were even, I think, as um, something that's very, very rare, ended up with having exactly the same scores on one of the games that they were playing in the final. Uh, which meant that they had to take it to a, to another game, and um, it all looked as, as though uh, Daniele was set to to win the final, having um, having achieved a, a massive score on uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, and then uh, Johannes just had uh, one ball in order to try and come back, and he he scored th- uh, over three billion, and and did it and uh, won the final, yeah. and became the uh, the IFPA. World champion for 2019. Right. So congratulations so, to him. Yeah, and uh, the whole finals, they were being streamed, and uh, there were actually quite a few people watching um, uh, watching the stream. Uh, and you can, uh, I have no idea what the link is, but uh, do a Google search, and you, I'm sure you can find it if you want to watch the um, finals I think again. Off the top of my head, I think on Twitch TV, it's uh, JDL, um, it's Jim Lindsay's uh, JDL Pinball. I think is the is the stream you'll be looking for, but I think they're also on YouTube as well now because uh, uh, Jim's uh, sort of edited them and put them online for in a sort of uh, slightly cleaned up and uh, tightened package, so you, you can uh, you can watch the various stages of the tournament and there's uh, there's a lot of coverage there, and I think yeah I think it was certainly sort of uh, 700 plus viewers watching the final towards the end. Man, I should and, be uh, advertising Pinball Magazine to those people. Well, you think they don't know about it? Well, that's hard to imagine, but some might not, you know. Well, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, so, well, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps if you're in the final, um, then you can uh, you can just stop and do a little promotion. Uh, I might have to improve on my flipper skills. <laughs> well, okay, whatever it takes. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, and uh, the last item I have on my list, uh, which I thought was rather uh, interesting, uh, just to mention, um, the Pacific Pinball Museum held another game sale at their annex location uh, that took place June twenty second. But I have no idea how that turned out. I guess that must be what their third one of those. Yeah, something like that. Second or third. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it probably is the the third. Uh, where they set off their their surplus or duplicate machines uh, in order to I guess raise funds to uh, to keep their operation going and uh, and uh, and help in their search for a a new larger location. 
what they uh, need to host it. Yeah. So. Um, Oh, well, I just figured I'd mention it, and uh, hopefully it brought in a lot of money for them. Um, and, um, well, I guess uh, if they put out more updates, we'll be reporting back on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So um, I think that kind of about wraps up our, uh, our coverage for for the, the month of, uh, of June 2019. Yeah. Okay. So if we're looking ahead, uh, any expectations for the month of July? Uh, yeah, I think we'll get a phone call from Gary at some point. Um, but apart from that, uh, July is generally a pretty pretty quiet month when it comes to pinball news um, and events around the world. There's um, you know, people take take vacations, but um, who knows? That's the wonderful thing about pinball. We never right. quite know what's going to happen, and whatever it, whatever does happen, we'll be back uh, this time next month to bring you all, all the details. Right. Okay, so, um, well, I guess there's no point in uh, dragging this on. So um, (laughs) then um, thank you for listening. And um, uh, if you're not subscribed to the Pinball Newsletter, uh, Pinball Magazine Newsletter, I should say, then uh, please make sure that you are. Um, Obviously, Pinball Magazines number one, three, four, and five are still available in the Pinball (laughs) Magazine uh, web shop. In case you have been missing out on these, and trust me, if you don't have them, you have been missing out. So uh, do check that out on www.pinball-magazine.com slash shop. Um, And if you want to keep up to date with the articles on Martin's website, that's pinballnews.com. Thank you very much. And if you would like to sponsor an advert on our, our web, our uh, podcast, then feel free to get in touch. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> Let's go commercial. Oh, finally. <laughs> no, not really. No, no. We, we keep it. We, we keep it free and commercial free. This so. is where your advertisement could have been. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well. Um, no, I, I, so I briefly mentioned um, looking ahead at uh, the month of July, uh, aside from, from the obvious expectations that, uh, sure, um, Jersey Jack will be continuing to uh, manufacture Wonka, Suncoast will be producing more uh, Cosmic Carnivals, Stern will be producing more Black Knights, and maybe surprise us with an announcement of a new game. Um, I'm very hopeful that we mm-hmm. might hear or that we might have news from Dutch Pinball. Yeah, it's um, been a long time coming, but uh, from what you've been saying or hinting at, there, there have been developments and uh, they might be ready to announce something fairly soon. Yes, so hopefully. Um, in fact... Um, I have been talking, and I can say this uh, uh, on the record, I've been talking to uh, Barry, and if, whenever they are ready to announce something, we will get the exclusive interview with Barry on the Pinball News and Pinball Magazine podcast. And that might actually be a bonus podcast, Mm -hmm. because I can imagine that Barry has quite a story to tell by now. Yeah, there's been a a lot happening, and... uh... It's, a, it's an interesting tale and, uh, and uh, uh, a lesson for a lot of people about the way that pinball can, uh, can the way a company's um, 
shall we say, financial and uh, contractual dealings can go in unexpected ways. Right. So at this point, I'm 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 almost at the point where I'm saying like it's such a good story, it could be a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that for some people that might at this point be hard to understand in the sense that they don't know all the details or as much details as I do, but having been able to to take a sort of closer look into the kitchen. Uh, obviously, there's a lot more going on than is being communicated to the outside, um, uh, much to some people's uh, frustrations, which I uh, can understand. But um, for the benefit of the process, it's also for the best that certain info isn't uh, revealed the minute it becomes uh, available, so to speak. So. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It is frustrating at times for, for some people. You know, it's uh, be nice for us to be able to report it, but we don't do anything which is going to jeopardize the outcome for the people who are uh, who are a running the company and b um, have have uh, games on order um, and uh, wouldn't do anything which would jeopardize them getting that or some uh, some good settlement. No, because I'm one of those people as well. Exactly. Yeah. So. Uh... Um, but uh, hopefully there will be news on that. So we might even be back sooner than the end of uh, uh, July. Next month, July. Yeah. So yep. hopefully we will be back um, with an exclusive. Um, but um, if we are, um, I'm sure uh, I will be sending out a, uh, a newsletter to inform people on the existence of such a podcast. So yep. um, that's all for now. Um, thank you for listening and um, hope to, uh, to be back soon. Yeah, so uh, until then, from, from me, Martin, and from Jonathan, um, it's, uh, it's goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>